All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. We continue on Tuesday afternoon on Sports 1440. Welcome back. Thanks as always for uh, listening in. Also, remind you that uh, coming up, it's getting closer. October 11th is our fifth annual pizza pig out and we're going back to where it all began in 2019 our first one was at molson house it was awesome because all the pizzerias come they put all the food out all, all the pizzas out on the table and you can and you can try so many different kinds then of course COVID hit unfortunately and we wanted to continue it to help raise money for kids sports so we did a drive-in movie with pizza which worked really well it was good uh you know a little bit different group because now it's for for families with kids and stuff but uh you know you got certain pizzas but you would get like a box and so there'd be, maybe you get three pizzas, you didn't get to try as much. So now we're going back because a lot of people said, hey, I like it, but I liked it when they had the opportunity if I wanted to. And the pizzas are small. You can try six, eight, 10, 12 different types of pizzas and find out which ones you really like. And that's the whole point of it. I think it's a little bit better for the the taste testing. So you can go to jasongregorpizzapigout.com, get your tickets. It's on Wednesday, the 11th of October. It's at six o'clock. Doors open. Pizza's going to be nice and hot and warm. And uh, we'll have some fun little competitions. You get to vote on things. And it goes till 8. And then uh, we are having a viewing party because, of course, that's the same night as the Order's season opener against the Vancouver Canucks. We'll uh, head across the street to the Ice House where we've got uh, lots of space reserved. So get your tickets if you want to have pizza. Help raise money for kids sport, which is, of course, the most important part of the night. And then uh, you can watch a little playoff hockey. Bring your friends if you've been there. And if you haven't, if you like pizza and you like beverages, you want to help kids sport? It's a great night. I'll tell you, the pizza is unreal. Every year, there's like some new pizzeria that I haven't heard about in town. They got some sick pizza. So it's going on October 11th. You can get your tickets at jasongregorpizzapigout.com. 
And uh, ticket sales go until the 6th. So we got about uh, 10 days left. And I think we got about uh, 80 tickets left, which is good. But uh, we want to sell out. Obviously, we make as much money as we can for kids sports. A huge fundraiser. There's lots of kids uh, in need. So you can help them out and uh, you'll have loads of fun. It's a really good time. So, And uh, we'll always have a few special guests uh, in attendance that night for you to uh, converse with. So I'm not going to say who. You'll just have to show up and see. But... Uh, usually it's some former athletes and stuff, so it'll be a lot of fun. Maybe uh, the old uh, lactose intolerant uh, Sean Brown. Maybe he'll be there. We'll see. I don't know. Are you, do, are you like? Are you gluten intolerant? Can you eat pizza? You, I uh, love pizza. Anyone hate needs his pizza. That's, hey, <laughs> well, thanks. Hey, nice. hey, they've been in, man. They've been I mean, in for sure. Yeah, Peter. You know what? Peter oh, in Sherwood yeah. Park does a great job. I love his pizza. But you know what? I, I think I would like to come anytime you're supporting a vegetarian nightmare. Ooh, right? Yeah, so I'm kind of a. Uh, you know, I just like the name because it's all meat. They yeah. call it the vegetarian nightmare. Oh, okay. It's a classic. Yeah. So yeah, no, they're in. Um, yeah, there's lots of good pizza places they're in. Of course, uh, you know, Papa John's a huge sponsor of it as well. So it's uh, it's loads of fun. I highly recommend it for anyone. If you didn't get the website, just text us at eight three three four zero one fourteen forty, and I can send you the link to get the tickets. And uh, it's a real good time. And this year, you know, to add a little special bonus that uh, if you want for a little viewing party, it's always fun. More people to watch uh, the first game is excitement. Uh, the orders, obviously, most order fans can't stand the Canucks. So an opportunity to open up against Vancouver again, this time uh, on the road. So that will happen October 11th. Get your tickets at uh, Jason Greger Pizza Pigout dot com. Uh, a few more texts coming in. Brownie, I'm curious. I know you do uh, shooting stuff, so maybe it's hard to give tips, but I'm curious. I'm coaching you nine kids, and a lot of them really struggle. What's the best way to get kids to learn how to do a wrist shot? Thanks in advance, in advance, Coach Tom. Actually, Gregor and I were just talking about that in between uh, commercials here. I think, obviously, because they're young, you have to go through the full mechanics, right? Because as you get older, you know, and you're a little bit stronger, you can, you know, basically just need your hand out in front of the puck and you can use the technology of the stick. But for young kids, a lot of it is hand strength, right? Being able to push down uh, on your stick and your bottom hand being strong enough. You'll notice with young kids when they go to shoot, uh, and they follow through because their hand not being strong enough, the blade of their stick will open up, which loses a lot of the velocity and power on their stick. And that's kind of where, you know, you get that butterfly wobbly shot. Um, so, you know, what? something that that Gregor and I talked about is I use Coach's Eye a lot. Um, it used to be a free app. I think you have to pay for it now, but you can just use your phone. Right. Put it on video and that way you're able to slow it down and go forward and back and. You know, myself being, you know, in the NHL, being kid and, and kids today are very visual, right? So if you can show them, you know, with any type of video device, I think that speedies up a lot of development for a lot of kids. Uh, the other one being visual, though, you can take the bingo dabber, right? Yep. And, and put the line, okay, have a straight line, put your skates up to this line. So I want your feet. So now you look down, they see where their feet should be. And then you can even have another line, as you had pointed out, that says, here's where your backswing should be, not too far out, because then you're going to lose all your strength closer. And the kids yeah. can at least visualize it. Cause most people, even adults, you're visual learners. Yeah. If you have that and just say, okay, bring the puck back and they'll notice right away if their hands are coming too far out because suddenly the puck isn't on that line. Absolutely. And and so that's that is definitely a good technique. I mean, if you do get your hands out, you're obviously going to lose a little bit of that power. Um, you know, whether if you don't have access to a bingo dabber, sometimes you can kind of use your own stick. I, I think in golf, they have those 
plastic sticks they kind of put between your legs or they use it in a very similar way. Um, but as a coach, you can kind of use your stick, making sure you use that as a guideline. They don't get too far either. Um, but basically, you know, it's the old, you know, shifting your weight back and forth and, and, and the proper technique and mechanics is very important for kids at that age because they need so much of that just to get any type of leverage you know, on their bottom hand. It is amazing, though, that once they get it, how quickly they can improve. And a lot of it just comes down to repetition. And to me, I always tell the kids, if you want to improve your shot because you're coaching, and maybe you get, depending on what associate, maybe you get one, at the most, two practices uh, a week. And even if you have two, it's not like you're spending a, a bunch of time on shooting. So you got to practice shooting off of the ice. In your garage, outside your garage, get a net. I don't care. Get a burlap sack, anything you can shoot <laughs> against. Yeah. And just shoot. Start, yeah. And because my son last year, I just said, you got to shoot 20 pucks a day. Now, he ended up shooting more than that, but I said 20 because it's not too high of a number. If I would have said 50, he's he's tapped out before he even starts. Because yeah. 20, you're like, well, I can get to 20 and not very hard a time. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, he ended up shooting more, right? And then, you know, it's and it's, I would make it fun. I'd go out there passing the puck or whatever. And his shot improved immensely just from shooting every day. And, and, and I didn't critique every shot. I was just like, I just wanted to get shooting because yeah. eventually he'll figure it out. I'm like, well, what happens when you pull it back here? What if you try to pull it inside? Yeah. So you change the angle of the shot. Absolutely. I think everything is about repetition. Right. Yeah. And so I know that like, you know, you said, I mean, if kids can start to get that habit and associate practice with fun and then even more importantly, it's a bonding opportunity for you and your kid. Whoever thought of the green biscuit was a genius. You know, when my son was young, you know, I used to play baseball, throw the ball with my dad in the driveway or in a field or whatever. Um, but when my son was young, I obviously did that as well. But we used to pass the puck, the green biscuit, right? And and I would zip the puck to him and we play games like copycat. So I would pass it to him. He'd pass it back and he'd have to, you know, he would have to mimic what I'm doing. So it, he'd pass it to me. I'd two stick handles on the left side of my body, pass it back. You do that, pass it back to me, two stick handles on the right side. So we just kind of played little games like that. And then he just associated it with fun. Mm -hmm. I had fun. He had fun. A little bit of a bonding moment. And then from there, I mean, it's got, it's got a little bit of weight to it, right? And then you work on your saucer pass, forehand, backhand. But I thought that green biscuit, if you don't have one, it's a great tool because like you said, those are things that you can do on your own yes. in the driveway, yeah. in your basement. It slides quite nicely. And you would have the shooting one and a passing one. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, and then my practices, I just, you know, it was the work to rest ratio is important to find. I mean, you don't want drills where all of a sudden they come back to the line and there's no kids and it's, it's too much. And, and now they're exhausted and picking up bad habits or just the enthusiasm and the drills kind of gone. So trying to find that sweet spot of drills where they're working, but they have enough time to rest, but mm -hmm. you know, making sure they always have a, a on their stick and they're always finishing with a shot is obviously very important. Yeah, very important. Hey guys, it's hilarious listener Brownie, his wife. I think you're lactose intolerant. What's that? No more bag milk for you. <laughs> uh, Christopher of the Rose. Uh, it's very true. Very true. Hey guys, I'm curious about Broberg. Everybody's so uh, excited about him or disappointed. It doesn't seem to be any middle ground. It comes from Dan. Well, Dan, guess what? Welcome to Sports Radio and Sports Analysis. If everybody agrees, it'd be boring. Uh, I, I'll say this about Broberg. He, he is still far from an unfinished product. I don't know how good he will be. I know he's Swedish, and so, well, maybe he'll be like Clefbaum. Well, I would hope, to be honest, I hope he's not like Clefbaum because Clefbaum had a lot of shoulder issues, and you don't want that. But if you're talking just as a player on the ice, I think they're different. Clefbaum was really strong. Like he was, he was thicker than Broberg is. Broberg, I think, is a better skater. He's a little bit lankier, and I think he actually 
Clefbaum had a better shot. I think Broberg might be a better playmaker, right? And he's a better transporter of the puck because he's a better skater. But Clefbaum was incredibly strong. And that's not Broberg's game. And you talked about it, Sean, how you struggle gaining weight, you know, and because not that weight equals strength, but if you're 220 and you're 200 and you're both in great shape, the 220-pound guy just has a weight advantage. He can move you around a little bit easier, right? So when you look at Broberg and and kind of his strengths, like he's in tough because he got Kulak and Ekholm and Nurse. Like I just don't see an opening. So there is on the right side, but he's battling a guy who's six foot seven, who worked a lot on the mental part of his game, who blocks shots, who kills penalties, who fits really well to what a third pair left defenseman is on the Edmonton owners. They don't need DeHarnay to, to bring them any points. Sure, they want him to make a 10-foot pass, and he can make a 10-foot pass for the most part. So would Broberg be better suited, even though he's still young, to play 20 to 25 minutes a night in the American League than to play 12 minutes a night in the NHL? What do you think? Mm, that's going to be a tough one. I, I, I think it might be time for him to play here. I think just being in this environment and with those types of players on the ice with them every day practicing is going to obviously make him better. Just the environment itself. Okay. He's in a tough spot. Like, you know, we touched on it earlier. He's on a contending team. There isn't a whole lot of margin for error and opportunity for him to really develop as if he would coming into a team that isn't as far ahead uh, or just a different organization at a different time. So he's going to have to... You know, he's going to have to figure out his way, you know, through practice, through coaching, through video. Uh, and you know what? How he is today is might not how he, how he's going to be, what he's going to be asked of today and how to play and how to fit in might not necessarily be the way he's going to be in obviously two to three years, right? He's got to find, he's almost got to reinvent himself a little bit and be like, okay, how can I get in this lineup and be reliable? get the trust from my teammates, get the trust from my coach that I can go out there and play a limited role defensively, um, but not make mistakes and be counted on so that I can get into each game, uh, which will help his development. It's not quite, you know, his game and where he's going to be, but that's, that's just what you do have to do sometimes as a player, right? Is just be like, you know, there's lots of times where, you know, players at the American level or junior players are, you know, top point guys, well, all of a sudden you get to the NHL or the American League and you got you got someone that's 25 years old that's done at that, you know, the next level for three or four years. It's, well, what else can you do? Yeah. You know, and if you want to play in the league, you got to you got to be a guy that can adjust and adapt. And I think some of these guys are going to have to, you know, Dylan Holloway is going to be a guy very similar. Right. He's a he's a highly skilled kid. I watched on the highlights there against Winnipeg. You know, he was in on the four check and has that big hit. Well, that's you know, he's probably not going to play a heavy, hard game in three or four years. But right now, some of these guys are going to have to do some things out of character just to add value to the team, to themselves. And that's just where they're at in their career. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it kind of. I don't want to say it hurts your it hurts your development. It, within that, you got to still develop. Yeah. <laughs> you still got to develop because your time, you know, like this window's right now, and you know he's hoping to have a long career. So he's got a there's a it's it's not as easy uh, as it looks, you know. And it's always there's the game within the game that you know there's the team game, there's where the coaches want you, it's where you want to see yourself and how you find value in yourself. So. It's, you know, it's going to be a mental grind and a little bit of maturity and a whole lot of, you know, uh, where he's going to have to really analyze and really 
think about, you know, how he's going to navigate this. Yeah, it's it's not easy. It was interesting. Tom Brady on his podcast talked about how when he first came in, he got upset because the number one quarterback got like 20 reps in practice. The second stringer got 12 and he was a third. He got like two and he'd go and he's like, how do you guys expect me to get any better? I'm only getting two reps. The guy said, well, the two reps you have, you got to make them the best two reps you possibly get. Yeah. And he said, so for him, he would go in there and he would try to make his two reps enthusiastic and everything. And, you know, it, it kind of helped him. And so you change your mindset. Okay. I might not get as many, but I got to make them count. So I might only get four shifts in the period. I would love to have eight, but I might only get four. I can't waste my four. And that's more pressure, but it's also, I'm assuming changing your mindset, like in practice, right? I might only get one rush against McDavid. Okay. Well, I got to go as hard as I can to make sure that the coach says, Oh, geez, look at him. He actually did pretty good against McDavid. All of a sudden in a game, if one of the other guys is struggling, geez, I remember Broberg last practice was pretty good against McDavid. Let's yeah. try him. Yeah. So your practice habits, how you carry yourself after, before is exactly, is exactly that. I mean, you got to remember too, he's in a, he's in another, he's in a good spot. You got Dave Manson. Yeah. Right. That has been through this, would understand that. So, um, having that guy helping you and, and a great resource to help you navigate that is going to be very important for his career. You know, it, it's never going to be perfect for him. I mean, ideally, you know, the more you play, obviously, the more, you know, the more you're going to develop. And, but, you know, it's kind of out of time, you know, for his own development too, where it's like, Hey, it's, it's not going to be the perfect scenario. You're just going to have to jump in two feet here. And, and away you go. But his practices, you know, before his practices will start before and after because now it's changed too, right? Where now they, you know, load management mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't think they skate as much as. No, what, no, they don't skate very often. Yeah. So it's going to be, uh, it, it'll be a little bit tricky for him and he's going to have to, that's where the maturity, you know, to be successful in this game. I've always said to kids, you got to be mature beyond your years. Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you. Uh, when we come back, Strud's on. Jason Strudwick will join us on the Jason Greger Show with Sean Brown, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. We continue on Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Thanks, as always, for making us part of your day. You're listening uh, on radio. Maybe you're online. You got the uh, Stingray app, iHeartRadio app, Radio Player, or, of course, you're watching us now on Facebook or Oilers Nation YouTube. So we, we appreciate it. Uh, lots of different options for you to try to consume the show. And uh, we appreciate all those who uh, give us a little bit of their time every day. It's fantastic. And uh, now let's get to uh, Strud's On, brought to you by Action Electrical. 50 years in business, and they are have no plans of slowing down. They'll keep expanding and growing. Uh, their solar division just keeps getting better and better all the time. It's Action Electrical. The Jason Greger Show presents Struds On. It's a memory. That's what you remember. Memories. Uh, There's a bouquet of uh, enjoyment coming in my mouth there. But you know, it's like I always say, HK, who cares? It's time for Struds On. Uh, Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you as we welcome in Jason Strudwick. Struddy, how you doing? Good. What did Brownie bring in this week? Did he bring in some danishes or croissants, uh, homemade bread? What are you bringing, Brownie? You know what I brought? A 1984 Vanagon. <laughs> he did, actually. I cruised in here. It was a nice ride. <laughs> Barely got here. 
Oh, yeah, he sends us a picture. I'm hoping it'll make it. I'm just like, is that yours? And uh, maybe we might have to post that, actually, uh, online. It's a pretty sick photo, actually. Uh, so it is good. Um, uh, we, we did hear, Strutty, that, uh, you know, Brownie kind of had similar uh, dating skills as you as a, as a young guy, uh, according to his wife. That's the one thing we've uncovered uh, earlier today. Uh, took her to Boston Pizza on their first date, and then on their second date, bought her an ice cream cake like you love, and then ate it before she showed up. Okay. No, no false advertising here. I still, I'm the same I am today as I was then. That's what I tell my wife. You knew what you're getting into. I haven't changed. Steady as the rain. I tell my wife the same thing. There's not a lot of ups and downs, but it's the same all the time. Trust it. Trust the process. Strider, you basically described how every young defenseman would hope his time in the NHL goes early on, right? Just steady. So where do you come out on, on Philip Broberg? It's, it's early. You know what? They played two preseason games. Uh, and, like, what do you take from last night's game? Uh, they didn't have a great lineup going in, and I, I wasn't shocked that Winnipeg won that game and kind of controlled the game for long stretches. What did you make of the overall play and then specifically Broberg? Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, the Oilers didn't have a very strong lineup in there. But if you're a young guy like Broberg, you still have to find a way to maybe not shine, but to look solid, to look strong, right? Because the coaches know when they make the lineup, they're not expecting that lineup last night to dominate uh, the line that Winnipeg had. But, you know, you can have your moments, right? So, you know, and those moments might be on, you know, uh, a penalty kill. They might be on a face-off play. It might be on defending someone one-on-one or lifting someone's stick. Because those are the small details that coach is looking for in a young defenseman. You know, which way your toe is facing. When the puck's behind your net, which way your toe is facing. Are you aware of what's going on behind you? So those are the little cues that they're looking for from a young defenseman to see if you're ready to take on a, a what looks like they want a significant role for him with the orders this year. Strutty, we're probably not the best example of this, but if you look at, I'd say maybe like a Dylan Holloway where, you know, and we've seen this scenario where guys are really good junior hockey players or maybe really good, uh, have really good numbers in the American Hockey League. Would, is, do you think these, you know, Broberg and uh, DeHarnay coming in, you know, do you think that the coach is just looking for to say, hey, listen, like, can they be reliable? Can they be simple? Do we have enough trust in them? Because they are at a point right now being a Stanley Cup contender and a team that's going to have a lot of expectations. You know, are they going to is a coach looking at them to play a simple game? That's all they want to see and reliable. Yeah, they want to know what they're getting out of those guys every night. Right, they don't need ups and downs, wild swings. You know, they don't need uh, a young player like Holloway to have a hat trick. You know, every fourth week, and then the rest of the time be a minus player. Like, they need to know what they're getting out of you. So the challenge for a guy like Dylan Holloway or Broberg, and I heard you just before the break, and I thought it was a great point, Brownie, is that you have to tailor your game to fit into what the team needs now. That's if you want to play in the NHL. If you want to play somewhere else, then just keep trying to be an offensive player. The owners don't need offensive player. They have those guys. They need guys that are fast, get in on the forecheck, can kill penalties, can be physical, can be reliable. Now, that doesn't mean for Dylan Holloway. That's all he can be in the future or even this year. But that's what he has to show right now because they have all those other spots filled. So that the, the magic or the, or the challenge for Dylan Holloway is to be what the coach or what this team needs, which is a solid, dependable, north-south guy that plays physical, but keep developing into what he wants to be, which is a top six forward. And now he might be that now. I'm not sure. He might be that in six months. He might be that in a year and a half. But you have to. So what, what I would suggest is that before and after practice, that's the time for Dylan Holloway or whoever 
to become the player they want to be. Within the practice time, that's when you show the coach what he wants from you now. Strutty, where do you come out on Bouchard, Nurse, CC, Ekholm as far, you know, Kulak, I guess, is mixed in there. Is, is Kulak, CC, Bouchard, Nurse, and then Ekholm, Deharnay, Broberg? Are those the best possible pairing options, or do you think Dave Manson has the luxury of experimenting this year? Well, I think you have to figure out what you can, who you can play with Ekholm. Right? Who do, you, who do you want to be with Ekholm? Can, and I think it all rotates around, can Broberg be that guy? Right? I think that CC is being asked or is being asked to do more than he's able to. You know, he's not paid like a number two or three defenseman. I don't think he's ever been one of those. I think he's done an honorable job in that position. I wish I, myself, or Sean Brown would probably think of the same thing. We'd have loved to have been able to at least hang in there for long stretches of time. But I don't think he's that guy. So they, they have three right now. Three guys in their top four, Ekholm, Nurse, and Bouchard. The fourth is up in the air. I, I do think that they're praying to become Sproberg. That, that that guy is able to do it. If not, CC's probably going to be the default guy until they find someone else. Um, and then as far as Vinny Dernay, I think Vinny just brings something that none of the other guys have. And he's not very fun to play against. Um, you know, I saw in that first game, I thought he was moving better. Um, you know, I think that he's worked a lot in this game in the offseason. I think there's a ceiling on it, but I think he's worked a lot on it. So he brings something that none of those other six guys do. And I think that's valued um, because he takes up a ton of space. He kills penalties and he's mean, like he's a mean guy. And, uh, you know, mean right now sticks out in the NHL because so few players are that. And they definitely need that. And I think Jay Woodcroft, you know, sees that. I mean, you know, you know, working with kids, it's, it's just hard to find those hard nosed, naturally mean defensemen. Right. And I think there's different times throughout the year. Obviously, there's, you know, over the course of an 82 game schedule, there's definitely going to be injuries. Right. And that's going to be their opportunity uh, where I think a DeHarnay and a Broberg are going to get their chances. Uh, and I think there's going to be times throughout the season, you know, with injuries or the, depending on the score, there's going to be opportunities to get them out on the ice in certain situations where they can also grow their game. But it is nice as a coach to have basically you know, DeHarnay and Broberg, which are, you know, two different players that you can put in at in different times of the season and against different teams. It's only different look. You know, if, you, if you're going to play a team that you want to rough up a bit, you put DeHarnay in. Uh, if you want to uh, have a lineup and you're playing against a team that's maybe a little more skating, then you put Broberg in. But the, the reality is that they're trying to win the Stanley Cup. They're trying to find the right fit, but they also have a responsibility to organization to try to develop Broberg or, or figure out what he is. You know, I think I know what he is. I, I do feel that he's going to be a Jay Bowmeister type player that eats minutes, skates well, makes a good first pass. Um, you know, is he ever going to get on the top line power play in Edmonton? I have a hard time seeing that with Bouchard there. I haven't seen a shot that rivals Bouchard's. I don't see a passing ability like Bouchard has. So, you know, okay, so now I'm out of the one spot. I'm into the two spot in the power play, which is great, but you're getting, you know, a pretty short window there. So I think, you know, for, for Burberry, he's got to kind of figure out that is how I'm going to play. I'm going to defend with my feet hard. I'm going to be in the right places, get up ice, have tight gaps, um, and hopefully, like, be a better a better version than Kulak. Jason Strudwick joins us on the Jason Greger Show with Sean Brown on Sports 1440. You mentioned Brett Kulak because here's my question to you, Struddy. What does Broberg bring? We know what Bouchard brings. We know the, the dimension that Dayarnay has. Darnell Nurse, Matthias Ekholm. What is Broberg, and is that part of the challenge right now that I don't know 
what his best dimension is? Well, that's I, I don't know how to characterize him, right? Like he, it's hard. Like, could you see him be the first line power play? I don't think so. Not no. here with Bouchard. Is he the best penalty killer? Well, I don't think so that either. So now he's getting zero specialty teams time or if any, very little mop-up time, right? So you're, 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 it's insignificant. So that brings your minutes down a lot. I know we've talked about that before with Brownie. That brings your moments, your, 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 your minutes down already because you're not getting an extra two or three minutes a night. Yeah. So now you're, okay, well, what, what, am, what am I doing? Well, how am I getting this guy out there? Because what is he doing? Well, he skates well and he defends well. Okay, good. Well, he can, can, can carry the puck a bit. So I think the challenge for Broberg is to, to be very solid in all the minutes he plays five on five, because that's really all I see him getting. And then, you know, when there is an injury, maybe he gets on the PK. Uh, I, I don't know if he got on the power play, but maybe he gets on the PK. So that's an extra couple of minutes. And he can show you do it well there. But to get ready to play in the penalty kill, when you are maybe killing the, in, in the power play on, in, in practice, you've got to show them how good you can do it, but also work on your own penalty killing skills. You go into all those penalty killing meetings, so you pick up all the information. Talk to Ekholm, talk to Nurse, talk to those guys how they kill penalties. Because when you get your chance, and it's going to come, at some point during the year, you'll get a chance to go on the penalty kill. I, I, again, the power play, I'm not sure that's going to happen unless it's mop-up time. But when he gets his chance, he's got to run it clean and tight. And if he does that, they'll put him out there again. If he doesn't, that chance may not come again for a little bit longer. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, now, you know what? Uh, there's six preseason games. Tomorrow, the Oilers play the Canucks. Uh, the Canucks got absolutely destroyed. Uh, even as a former uh, Canuck, you're probably like, Phew, that's a tough preseason game. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you get down to the final six, Strutty. We know that, you know, the major cuts, I'm guessing, are coming Friday night slash early Saturday morning before they go on that short little two-game road trip. Like, the opportunity for other guys is, is dwindling. Like, did, what did you think of Lavoie and Adam Ernie last night? Yeah, I think Ernie, we kind of know what he's going to be. I think he's pretty predictable, right? He gets in there and works hard. Um, you know, bigger, bigger guy than I actually thought. He looks kind of big, I thought, out there. I see. Um, yeah, like, I look at Lavoie, you know, similar to what we're talking about with Broberg. Like, you know, he, he well, I guess it's not totally similar, but he's not going to be in the top six. So he's a big body. He's got to use that big body. He's got to lean on other players. And that might not be in his DNA makeup, but that's what the owners need him to be. And if he wants to play in the NHL, not like on this organization, he's got to find a way to do that. Because if you look at any potential centers he has, I don't see those centers having the same type of skill that maybe the one, two, three center has. So now, you know, they're not going to be setting him up all the time. So, you know, for him, it's, it's, I, I wonder if someone's coached him up, maybe a friend or a, or his dad or, or a former coach or his agent saying, buddy, this is what you need to do now because you can't play in the NHL if you're in the minors. But if you're in the NHL, you can move up lines if you get on that on, on a team and you just start playing hard and doing your thing. And all of a sudden, there's a chance like, oh, you move up, and now you're a third liner, right? Then all of a sudden, you're a second liner. And the best guy I can think of that would be Matt Cook. I know he wasn't loved very well, really anywhere. But um, <laughs> this guy, I was at training camp when he was in Vancouver, and this guy, you know, he he thought he was a high a higher, you know, the first two lines. And we were roommates, and he said, screw it. I'm going to be the best fourth liner I can. And he came out. He was hitting everybody, irritating everyone, and he made the fourth line. And then eventually got to the third line. I, I, I don't know if he got – maybe in Pittsburgh he was the a second bit, liner. I might yeah. be wrong. But he moved up. And, you know, those are his choices. You'd be a great AHL player or start in the fourth line. So for Lavoie, I'd like to see that, adopt that mentality that I'm going to use my body. I can, I can shoot and skate when I get a chance, but use my body to be physical. 
because that's what this team is looking for in that position. That's very well said, Struddy. I couldn't agree more. I think, Lavoie, you have an opportunity. Get outside your comfort zone, bang some bodies around, get in some scrum, do something that's noticeable because you can't just wait to show off your shot because the truth is you're not going to get a lot of those opportunities, a fourth-line guy. It's just the facts. So you, you got to do some other things to get noticed. And I thought he was okay. He wasn't bad. I, you know, He's definitely going to play You know, another three, maybe four more preseason games. But I think he's going to have to have a little bit more jump in his step, a little bit more urgency if he wants to make the team. You've got to stand out, you know, and, and I, I've shared this before, but Sean Horkoff told, him, told me when he was younger that coach told me every time you go in for a game, do something that makes you stand out. It doesn't have to be a goal or an end-end rush. It can be a one face-off, a block shot, a hit, a nice pass, anything that, you know, a good penalty kill, like anything to get you noticed. And if you're just there just filling a jersey, you blend in with everybody else. You know, so I'm watching that game last night, and I'm not going to lie, I was bouncing around between that and, and – uh, the football games, but you know, who made, who had a moment? Did anyone have a moment in that game? Even when you're down, you know, yeah. it's hard. Like, I, it's it's hard to show and to to stand out because what is there? Is there really one spot in the forwards for the Oilers? One spot, yeah. and you have about four or five guys who probably think they're competing for it. Mm-hmm. So I think ultimately, it's who who kind of stands out and, and it makes a it makes a name for themselves. Stretty, great stuff, my man. Uh, we will chat with you uh, next Tuesday. Have a good one. See you guys. That is, that's Jason Strudwick from the Got Your Back podcast, former uh, NHLer, runner-up in Battle of the Blades. There you go. You never, uh, you never got the invite to that brownie. Did you want to? You got, you're pretty good. Twinkle toes. You got good feet. You should try it. You know what? <laughs> I think I might have had an opportunity back in the day to do that, and you said and, no. And chose not to do it. Well, yeah, uh, I'd be in regret. You know, it'd be interesting though to watch to see what it would actually be like to skate on. Figure skates. Yeah, yeah. With that toe pick. I did watch quite a few videos of guys. Ty Domi, I think, was one that was struggling with it. Yeah. Well, Strutty, hey, look at yeah. Strutty, runner up. Yeah. Well, he's just a natural. <laughs> right? Is he, does he still have us on, I wonder? <laughs> <laughs> he's just, you know, if, <laughs> if, if he heard, somehow he'll have heard that for sure. He's an elite athlete. Yes. Uh, we'll return, Gregor Brown, with you on the Jason Gregor Show. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca and Sports 1440 and Orders Nation. YouTube will return with five questions. We are back on Sports 1440. Jason Greger, Connor Howley, Sean Brown. With you, you can text us 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. You can always send us an email. Gregor at Sports1440.ca. Connor at Sports1440.ca. Sean Brown is with us. And it is time now for five questions. Brought to you by The Brick. When you buy more, you save more. Shop amazing deals in every department, like 40% off mattresses, and a portion of proceeds will go towards the Children's Hospital Foundation. Check it out right now at The Brick. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, question number one. We saw the Heritage Classic uniforms for the Oilers and Flames come out today. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you grade them? I'm going to have to go 10. I, I love it. I love the colors, the orange, the blue. Uh, I really like the brown, the brown gloves, the old school brown gloves, <laughs> yeah. uh, the pant shells. Um, you know, props to the creators of the jerseys, you know, year after year. They're always coming up with these creative ideas with these jerseys, and I think it's fantastic. Well, if you look at the jersey, and like they try to pay homage to the Edmonton Mercuries, and they go back in time, and even if you look where they have the captain, the C on McDavid, it's actually, there's the white line across the chest, and the C's in the middle of it. And I saw some people say, oh man, they can't even get that, but if you go back and look at the original jersey, that's how it was. So think, things change and they look at different things. But, yep. you know, the brown gloves, I agree, they, they're they very old and authentic. And that's kind of the whole point. I actually thought Calgary's jerseys look uh, look pretty good as well. Uh, I do think, like, the photo they put out with the explanation with McDavid and Kadri, the jersey there doesn't look as good as if you look in the video that they had. So now I'm curious to see how it's going to look motion-wise because the video – the blue looked a little bit darker than it did in the stationary shot. So uh, I think it might actually look better in, in motion. Um, you know what? Not every not every jersey is going to be for everybody, which is totally fine. Not everybody's going to love every jersey, but I thought it was fine. For, for what they were going for, it was perfect. Question number two. How many Canadian teams make the playoffs this year in the NHL? Okay, well, Edmonton, Toronto are no-brainers. Those two are in. Um... I think one of Vancouver or Calgary, so that's three. Um, Ottawa. I'm going to go with Ottawa. You going to say four? Yeah. I, I like Ottawa. I like what they've done there. I like. I think DJ Smith's the right guy for that group. Hmm. That's going to, uh, you know, inspire them. Um, obviously, with all the good young players that they have. 
and I think he touched on it earlier in the show, like young players coming in today's game now are way more confident, way more savvy. Uh, you know, I think with all their international experience at a young age now, yeah. um, is going to help them with this run and that enthusiasm, uh, probably that kind of a little bit ignorant to the situation that they're actually in will actually benefit them and help them. Like they, they took a step last year. They ended up still not being that close. I think they missed the playoffs by six points, which, which isn't a whole bunch. Uh, there will be more points up for grabs in the East this year because Boston, I don't see them taking 135. So they're going to distribute that around. But also I think that means that instead of being 92 points to make the playoffs, it might be back to 95 or 96. So. I have Ottawa right on the cusp. Uh, if they can stay healthy, but Norris is already banged up, uh, not already banged up, but he hasn't fully recovered yet, and so that's going to be difficult. He's a pretty prominent player for them. I'll say this. If if their defense stays healthy, I will pick four teams. So I, I got to pick four. I'll pick four. I will say them. I just don't know if it's going to be Vancouver or Calgary. Uh, Calgary, honestly, if they had 17 overtime losses. Honestly, I don't think the season could have gotten worse for them. I have more faith in Calgary making the playoffs than I do Vancouver. Question number three, a pairing of Nurse and Bouchard for the Oilers. How do you think that would work out in the regular season? I would like to see it. I think that obviously with uh, Bouchard having, you know, the season that he had last year, the confidence and the experience that he would have got from last year is only going to help him. I think that his offensive awareness and his subtle, smart plays that he does with the puck um, – is only going to help him and players around him. And just that maturity. I, I think that with just that year of experience, he's going to be able to adapt and adjust to be able to play with not only Nurse, but other players. The one thing that I wonder if playing with Nurse, the only challenge is Nurse, Nurse likes to jump up and be active too, right? And I think to me, I like Bouchard's upside and softness to his game offensively a little bit more than Nurse's. And does that take away if those guys are playing together right well i think they're very different because bouchard's more of a passer nurse is a transporter of the puck so i I still think they can play together uh the biggest question will be when you play at darnell nurse that means you're going to face tougher competition right like no one in the last two years in the nhl has faced more tough competition than darnell nurse and people order fans they want to get watch if if that pairing does well everyone's going to say oh yeah it's because of bouchard not nurse Uh, just like (laughs) they were incorrectly stating that about ethan bear with darnell nurse which has proven to be false um, Darnell Nurse last season or two years ago was unreal with CC. Last year, Nurse actually had a pretty good season. CC was struggling at times, but Nurse's season was pretty good. I have no reason to believe that they won't be better, um, especially if Nurse buys into their whole philosophy that less is more at times. Because Darnell Nurse makes a lot of really good plays, then he would make a real bad one that stood out, and that's the one that a lot of people remember. It doesn't overshadow though all the good plays he makes. Uh, I have no reason to believe that that pairing won't be good. And to be honest, um. I think Bouchard is probably CC might be a better overall defender, but I think Bouchard's overall game is better suited to play with Nurse in those bigger minutes. And Nurse is much better suited to play bigger minutes than Ekholm at this stage of their careers. To me, it's like Darnell Nurse is a, is a freak as far as how many minutes he can play and stay in shape and his skating ability. And and Ekholm's getting older. And Ekholm at times, I thought his foot speed in the in the playoffs was noticeable as a little bit of a challenge. So I would uh, I would play Nurse more which means uh, I'd probably play him with Bouchard to start. Question number four reports out there that the Raptors are the front runners to land Damian Lillard from Portland. Do you think he'd be a good fit in Toronto? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Damian Lillard is a hell of a player. The problem is, 
And Pascal Siakam is way better if he's your number two. He's not a number one. Damon Lillard's a number one. And look at how well Pascal Siakam played when uh, they brought in Kawhi Leonard. Right? It was no different than than uh, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry was excellent when he had Kawhi Leonard there. So just like he's really good with Jimmy Butler. So, yeah, if you could get Damian Lillard, are you kidding me? That guy is cold-blooded. He's one of the best shooters. And the Raptors one of the worst shooting teams. So that would be an ideal fit. I couldn't agree with you anymore. I think anyone that averages 32 points a game and seven assists is, you know, anyone's going to want him in the NBA. I think uh, with the traction that, you know, the Raptors had and have in Toronto, uh, I think he's an important fit for them. Final question. Since Henrik and Daniel Sedin celebrate their 43rd birthday today, who is your favorite set of twins? And I'm not talking sports. It could be any aspect of life, even uh, fiction. I'll go with uh, Ashton Kushner. Um, Who's his twin? Michael. He's got a twin. What? Yeah. Not many people know that. That's why I went with him. I looked that up before I came. That bet, I better be on, but I looked that up before I came. Yeah, but okay, uh, so he's but so his twin isn't. But you just like Kushner that much? All right, I, I don't mind. You know what? I used to watch what was it, his show, Punked. Well, yeah, I was thinking more of the '70s show, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm. I don't really know if I have a favorite set of twins athletically, so I'm gonna go. Probably the greatest set of twins, as Connor said, fictional. I'm going to go with Arnie and Danny DeVito in the great movie <laughs> Twins. Wow, that's a good call. I thought you might go with Kevin and Kate in This Is Us. Ooh, I did like that show, actually. <laughs> I liked it a lot. <laughs> kind of miss it, but that's a good one. Hmm, but no, I'm going, with, uh, I'm going with Arnie and Danny. Who you got, Cons? I mean, there, there's quite a few. I think Rondé and Tiki Barber would be a good answer. Um, you got the Pouncy Twins, both playing center in the NFL, but I'll go fictional too. I'm going to go Phil and Lil from Rugrats, show I used to enjoy when I was a little younger. Phil and Lil? I don't even know who that, obviously we're a little bit different age, <laughs> clearly, because I don't even know who that. Brown is shaking okay, his head yeah. too. Good. I don't feel old. Yeah. Brownie's like, who? Rugrats. Rugrats, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Nickelodeon cartoon. From my youth. Hmm. Actually, I thought you were going to go with uh, Mary Kate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were going to go with the Olsen That'd twins. Good one. I looked up that one, too. It was right it was close. Oh, you yeah. love Full House, didn't you, Brown? Yeah. You used to I watch didn't, it. Uh, we had one TV. I didn't get to watch TV. We were outside playing. And we yeah. were playing. That's fair. Yeah. Well, did you have Peasant Vision growing up? Nope. Did you have cable? Yeah. You had cable? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I guess you grew up in town. So uh, for most of my life, we had Peasant Vision. So, <laughs> you know, Flintstones were a big draw. Three's company. Big three companies, good. Big fan of Three's company, but yeah, I never uh, was never a big Full House guy. Hey guys, are the are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles twins? I don't think so. It's a good question. I have no idea. Cons? I mean, they're brothers, right? I don't know. They're all brothers. They're like the Sutters of turtles. <laughs> I did not know that. Well, they're all in the same lab, right? When they had the ooze spill on them? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess turtles are from their eggs. They, you know, there's a whole family of them, I guess. So, I mean, I guess they there's could just chance. they could just be in the same I don't even know what the the name is, the cage they were in. Yeah, I don't know. Quickly, I'll get this brownie before you go. Hey guys, what's your opinion of Holloway's training camp? Do you think they sent him down to avoid losing Lavoie and Waver since Holloway's uh waiver uh ineligible from Stu? 
I don't think so. I think Dylan Holloway has I've, I've liked his games in, in both games. Uh, obviously, maybe more in game one than in game two. But Raphael Lavoie, first of all, are they losing him on waivers? I don't know that for certain. I don't, like he hasn't played a game in the NHL, right? It the, there's lots of guys around the league that are in his boat, coming out of their entry level contract, that have been in the AHL, that have had some decent numbers. That other teams like, well, geez, we kind of got a guy now. He is six foot four, so sure, that's some intrigue, and maybe Montreal, and the, you know, but is Montreal going to take him just because he's a of a French Canadian potentially? But I don't think I think Dylan Holloway. Like, Lavoie would have to really stand out for them to say to Dylan Holloway, man, you had a decent camp, but we don't want to lose Raf, so or we don't want the risk of losing him. I don't think so. Where do you come up, Brownie? Yeah, I think that Holloway, there's, you know, I, I think with his experience a little bit being up with the club last year, um, I haven't been able to see any of the exhibition games, but I think they're, you know, he's at that point too where it's like, hey, we, we need you here. Um, you know, and... Lavoie, I don't know if he's done quite enough to, you know, you talk about Montreal. If anyone's going to pick him up, you know, it'd be a team like Montreal. Yeah, a bottom feeder team that says, and and lots of guys, just because you can't play on a Stanley Cup contending team doesn't mean you can't play in the league. It's very different. It's completely different, right? So if there is a chance, it would be a team like that that can say, hey, listen, we can grow with you. We're at that point as an organization. Yeah. Uh, Gregor, you're bang on. I don't think those turtles are from the same egg, hence not twins. True. There we go. Brownie, great job today, buddy. We appreciate it. We will uh, chat with you next Tuesday. Awesome. Heading over to the icebreaker, Twilliger. Oof. 16 doubles. There you go. Good luck. Have fun. That's uh, Sean Brown, our Tuesday co-host here on the Jason Gregor Show. Uh, when we come back, we've got Spec, uh, DVD. We'll get through some uh, fantasy and more. But first, Conman, top of the hour, Sports 1440 update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. Super pumped to have Sports Talk back in the city. And they're celebrating with a great deal right now. 0% financing for 84 months on all compact BX tractors. Check it out in person or online at edmontonkubota.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 